Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Brianna Approved Podcast. We have a very, very special guest today. Uh, we have J.D. Wilson, who is the founder of Lead You, which is a company that focuses on creating personalized empowerment experiences for learners of all ages, which J.D. will explain a little bit more as we go on the podcast. But J.D. actually has a really cool background. So he actually served overseas in the Air Force for about four years, and then he came back to school. He came back to New Jersey to be an elementary school teacher. And if you ever met J.D., he's like a big, giant teddy bear. So I can imagine all the kids just loved you. And then after teaching for quite some time, he decided that he wanted to take a step back from the classroom and start Lead You, which is now made up of about 40 trained teaching artists who travel all over the country. And I know J.D. was also recently in in, uh, I believe London, so also going international. And they focus on helping to engage, educate, empower learners of all ages. And they de deliver this through personalized empowerment experiences for students and staff, sports teams, business, and corporations. So JD, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. How, I, I have, um, when I was a when I was a young, a young boy, uh, I used to pretend to have like a uh, talk show in my basement, uh, whether it was with my sisters or my friends. So I've always, I, whenever I'm like doing podcasts, it reminds me of like the talk show days. And I always remember like, I would mimic what guests would say. So I'm going to give the uh, mimicked answer of, uh, thanks for having me today, Brie. Thanks for being here, JD. <laughs> Actually, JD and I have a very funny story for how we met. Um, yeah. And uh, my mom is also obsessed with JD, and my mom's a very hard person to impress. So she gets a stamp of approval. But I was actually moving back from California and frantically looking for a place to live. And JD so happened to be moving. And I literally moved into his apartment while he was moving out and yeah. bought, which I still have in my new house today, your TV. <laughs> You and still have that. I still have the TV <laughs> <laughs> and the the big chest, one of the wooden chests that I have. Um, uh, okay. That all of my Manila folders are in, and I think I think that's all I have for you. But yeah, so I mean, it was, and then I think I stalked you a few times at Dean's Natural Market. We met in the yeah, real time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, I saw you there. And that's pretty much it. And then I've just been uh, following your fun Instagram journey <laughs> since then. Likewise. Yeah. I, I, I remember the uh, television negotiation too, which I'm sure your listeners are very interested in hearing, but I remember there was a couple back and forth. I don't know if you talked me down a little bit or if I'm just like a terrible negotiator. Like, I think I, uh, I think I talked myself down. I, oh yeah, I, bought your I bought your table and the chairs yeah. as well. And right. I also am a terrible negotiator. And I think um, <laughs> I was just so desperate to get out of California that right. I was like, I'll pay whatever. And I think just because you're a nice person, you were just like, okay, I got to get out too. So like, we'll yeah. make it work. It worked out. So I'm happy we're finally coming together like this. I feel like we've never really been officially able to connect. So yeah. thank you sincerely for having me. I'm excited. I know you also don't do like a lot, a lot of like podcasts, I feel like. And so I feel yeah. honored that you would work this into your schedule. I know you did the fire, the fireside chat yeah, um, Ryan. podcast. So I was like, I got to get JD on here, you know? So, um, I would love to hear because lead you is a very, I, I don't personally know anything else that exists out there. I mean, I know you were a teacher, so I'm sure you probably sat in a lot of boring assemblies over the years, or you were like, I could do this better. Or, you know, you just woke up one day and you were like, I don't know, this is where I feel called to. So like, how, how did that happen for you? You're like sitting in an assembly, talking to other teachers being like, let's, let's do better guys. Yeah, uh, actually you're pretty spot on uh, in some regards. I think it was the combination of 
uh, me slowly realizing that my skill set could be used to uh, maybe empower kids and build their confidence uh, rather than their math scores. So I, I slowly started to realize that as I was teaching that I was really pushed to be part of those in-between moments with students, which was, you know, the, the issues on the playground or like the, the tough days that they were having. I thrived as a teacher in connecting with them during those moments. Um, and I really, for lack of a better word, I just started to enjoy uh, helping them. And when it came to the academic side of things, uh, you know, I checked the boxes, I, I got the job done. However, I wasn't personally moved by it. Um, and as that was starting to happen, um, yes, I was sitting in uh, some assemblies. Some, I mean, I, I always say like, there is no real competition in this uh, field because everyone has their own approach. So whatever, you know, assembly A is doing is way different than lead you, which is different than assembly C, but we're all at the same time on the same mission. So different approaches are really the best part about the assembly models. Um, for me personally though, uh, I'll never forget, and a shout out to the dribbler. Everyone's probably heard this story um, a lot, but if you haven't, uh, the dribbling assembly was the one that got me. It was a uh, Harlem Globetrotter. I believe his name was Corey. And he was, he showed up with a boombox, his Globetrotter outfit and some basketballs. And for like 60 minutes was just like rocking jock jams and dribbling all over the place. And then in between would talk about uh, anti-bullying and, and things like that. And I remember sitting there thinking, you know, if Corey is killing the game, I feel like I could do the same. So the dribbler inspired me uh, in a moment of like, I want to try this. So I had my freak out moment where I uh, put in my resignation and I was so lucky that the school I was at, uh, they got it. Like I think they, they supported it. Uh, sad to see me go, perhaps uh, some of them, uh, but others just saying, yeah, no, you got to try this. Uh, and so I tried. So I think, did you start it kind of like pre-pandemic, right? Is that kind of like around the yeah. timeline of when everything happens? It was, um, so I want to say like uh, 2016. So uh, started in 2016 with a summer camp program that we've been doing for years with another company called Shelf that I was a part owner of. Um, and then, then I realized in the fall, like I need clients. I need to like tell people that I'm doing this thing, but I still didn't know what it was. I just knew I was passionate about it. So luckily I leaned into some of my former colleagues and people that I worked for and they gave me the opportunity to show up and do my thing. Uh, and I literally remember a principal like telling the staff, yeah, JD's coming in and doing a thing. And they're like, oh, JD. So like, I, I didn't know what the thing was and they didn't know. And uh, I mean, honestly, like I'm okay talking about it now. Like we bombed uh, pretty bad, like in the beginning. Like I remember you know, one rule of thumb that I learned is like, you shouldn't show up to an assembly with a leaf blower. I thought it was a good idea. Uh, it didn't work out uh, as we planned. And maybe the ambition was good, but the follow through and really planning out how this would work. I, I, did, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was learning as I was going. Uh, I was undercharging. I was paying my friends to do it with me. And so losing money, the product wasn't good. And, but I guess that yeah, that's kind of the only way to learn, or I shouldn't say the only way, but for me, it was the way to learn. Cause yeah. then I, every, with each fail, I said, how can I do it better? How can I do it better? What is the, what is a better way to get through the kids? And we slowly evolved it from 2016 to 17. 
Uh, and then 2018 was probably our best year uh, where everything was clicking and we started making some money and, uh, you know, it was all, all hands on deck kind of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. I just had this conversation with my friends the other day. We were talking about like this idea of failures and how really I think failure is subjective because it's like, okay, but if, if you learned literally even one thing about what I don't want to do next time, or this is how I want something to be different, then I would argue it's a success, you know? Right. Hard to see in the moment though, right? Oh, I have this conversation with my mom all the time where I always say like, <laughs> if I knew then what I know now. So I'm always like, but when do you ever know now? And I feel like that's so much of adulthood Ooh. is like two steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, two steps back. It's a really good point. When do you ever really know now? Yeah. Because you're always learning and growing. So it's hard to in the moment be like, this is a good thing. I feel like I do. I am getting better at saying that, but I don't know if I'm living that. Like I get better at saying it's a lesson. We're learning, we're growing, but I don't know if I'm always living that, if it makes sense too. But so you were a teacher, obviously, for quite some time. Was there like a teacher that you had that you felt had a really big impact on you or maybe some things that like these little nuggets that like stayed deep in the brain and you were like, yeah, I want to impact somebody's life like that one day? Uh, you, you know, I'm going to, I have to start with my mom, uh, who was a teacher herself. And, um, my mom's number one thing that she would always ask me, my sisters, and eventually her grandkids was, uh, did you have fun? And um, she asked that to her students as well, I believe. So it's like that mentality and, um, you know, of you learn something great. Did you have fun learning it? And I think taking that point of view and that kind of lesson from her uh, really, really helped, you know, as long as there is fun tied into whatever you're doing, uh, then you had a pretty, a pretty good experience, right? So um, I know that's always the classic answer is my mom, but uh, I have to give her uh, all the shout outs and the love in the world for that one, yeah. No, I think that's a great answer. And I think that's such a great way to even shift anything that you're kind of going through in life that maybe feels difficult at the moment, or it's like, where can I find a sliver of fun or positivity or some way to be like, yeah, that was like good for me. Or I also helped cheer somebody else up. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, um, that's the thing, right? So it's like, I'd ask you that too. Like, so with your job, I don't know what you do, but you're awesome at it. Nobody does. <laughs> Like I'll see things on your Instagram, I'm like, oh, she's in Arizona. She's there. And then I'm like, I don't know what it is, but whatever you're doing, you're great at. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I, what I'll, the reason I bring that up is um, like, what is your drive home like? Because that's, that's become very important to me over the years. Like when I drive home from an assembly or leadership workshop or whatever I'm doing with students, that feeling of fulfillment um, and that feeling of like just stoke and like, yeah, like, that was awesome. Like that high that you ride on the way home, um, that feeling is kind of what it's all about. So I'd, I'd throw that your way. It's like, do you have that feeling when you leave work or whenever you're driving uh, back from whatever you're doing? Is that? That's yeah, no, that's a at. great question because I actually kind of reverse engineer it because I feel like sometimes when you're going through something hard in life, like they always say, do something for other people. And so like in the health and wellness space, like I know there's been times for me where you have to quote, perform and be on and educate other people or whatever. And like, I felt not great going into a situation, let's say, or I was like sad about something or in some kind of mood or whatever. And then afterwards, I realized that I made an impact on literally one person's life. And that's when the drive home and I'm like, 
okay, this is what keeps me going. Like my real, like my why, my purpose, my passion. And it's like really to help people live their best life. And I'm so passionate mm -hmm. about that. And I've really honed in over the past couple of months of like anything now that I do, whether it's like having a conversation with a friend or a business, something I'm like, okay, is this like in alignment with my passion ultimately, which is like for myself living my best life and also others. And I think that's made my rides home quote mentality better because right. if it's not, then I'm like, okay, where am I maybe doing things out of a different like frequency, like, because I'm feeling some kind of way, or this is like, I'm, I'm like reaching or, you know, so I think that that's like a great question to like reverse engineer for me. Absolutely. It's beautiful too. Isn't it great when you, when you kind of figure that part of it out, you know, you never figured the whole thing out, but when you figure that part of it out, like that's my why, um, you know, I feel very grateful that not only do you get to figure it out, but then you get to live it. It's like, like what's happening now with lead you and, um, you know, our partnership with SPTS, which we can get to and all that, but like just seeing this thing work, um, and like knowing that this is like, this is my job is just, it's the most amazing thing. And um, I just, I feel very grateful. I'm always waiting for it. Maybe that's the cynic in me, but I'm waiting for the ride to be over. I'm waiting for them to be like, no, 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 that's not, that's not it. You gotta, you gotta go to the factory now. For the other <laughs> shoe to drop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. I'm always waiting, always waiting for that to happen and trying to work on not thinking that way, but sometimes the way the brain goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know, I don't know if a lot of people know this about you, um, that uh -oh. you're like also a filmmaker. And oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, you are so like you edit and you're a filmmaker. I've seen some of your shorts and like, yeah. I think I would love to hear what you would say to somebody about who maybe like is really passionate about something. I think nowadays, especially post pandemic, people realize this idea of like trading time for money is not it. That's like not the end goal. And so it's like, right. okay, what can I do that? I feel excited about that lights me up. So like turning a skill that you have or a passion into a career or maybe pivoting when they feel like oh, this is just a hobby. Like what advice would you give to somebody who's maybe having that conversation with themselves of like, okay, how can I like take this right. to the next step and maybe lean more into my entrepreneurial spirit? That's a great question. I would, um, for me personally, um, you know, there's the Anthony Robbins things of, of like scheduling it to make it real. Um, so like, I feel as though there's a lot of talking, like how many times have you sat down and you talk about, Oh, I have a great invention. I have a great movie idea. I have a great, this and that. Uh, there's a big difference between talking about it uh, and then scheduling it. So I love like setting up meetings and scheduling things because once you do that and you put it down on paper, it stops being something that you're talking about and starts being something that you're doing. Um, so for me, it's like, you got to get it down on paper uh, is the first step. The next step is surround yourself with people who believe in you and also believe in the vision, uh, which is easier said than done, uh, for sure. But it's very possible um, to do. And once you have that support around you, uh, my the final thing is you just gotta you gotta do it. Like, and it's not gonna be, you know, the way that you you thought it would be in your head all the time. It's not gonna be the best product. Like. You know, a, a lot of the shorts I've done or, or different films and things like that, the sound is not quite right or you know, I, I couldn't use this song or uh, I don't know, I'm in it and the acting is terrible, you know, so like whatever it might be, uh, but you gotta, you gotta just do it because then the final thing is like, then it, it no longer is something that you talk about. It's no longer something you had a meeting about. 
it's no longer something that you and your friends got together and tried to do. It's something that you did. And here it is like, yeah. here it is. Oh yeah. This is something I did. And there it is. Could it have been better? Maybe or you can, everything is always unfinished. Right. Yeah. But um, those steps, if that makes sense, would be um, the steps that I've taken to kind of turn a hobby um, in your passion into something that's actually happening in your life. I love that. I always give the analogy. I'm like, listen, if you want to learn to cook pasta, you can't just keep staring at all the ingredients. You have to eventually just make it. And if it turns out <laughs> terrible, you say like, okay, you know what? Next time I'll add less eggs or I'll add more salt. And like, that's really the only way. But people are like, no, no, I really, I want to make pasta. And you're just like staring at the pasta machine. You got to just like get your hands dirty sometimes. Absolutely. I love that you bring it back to food. Love that oh, about you. It's, Italian, you know, Italian, 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 yeah. Always got to eat, you know? So I love that. But to your point about talking about like, so I kind of call it like doing like an audit of like, you know, people who are in your circle, but not always in your corner kind of thing, you know, like, Ooh. so I'm sure you probably have a lot of people who want to be a part of this, like lead you community. Cowboy Mike is one of my favorites because his personality is just spot on. Uh, yes. So like when you are <laughs> maybe interviewing people or people are coming to you, like, are there certain attributes or qualities or characteristics, whether it's like for a friendship or somebody to be a part of the lead you like family that you're like, this is because let's say like their resume is great and they have all these whatever, like, what are some of those intangibles that you think are important, maybe like in the assembly world, but also like for just somebody carrying themselves that like, would be a part of your like lead you crew and be like, you know, approved by Wilson the whale. Right, absolutely. So, um, yeah, the interview process is, uh, it's definitely changed over the years. Uh, uh, it started out as like, will you, <laughs> will, will you please, like, will you please, will you, are you busy? Can you? Um, and so many, uh, times just like begging those around me, uh, into, um, yeah, like come in for an interview and that was just coffee, you know, at green planet. And then eventually, uh, it's kind of become more of a official thing. However, I will say, of course, we need the background check and we need to do the resume. Um, however, the number one thing I look for, um, and it's pretty, it's pretty easily measurable. And we, we we're actually uh, you and I can try it in a little bit. But it's uh, it's can you be silly with yourself? Mm. Can you laugh at yourself? Um, and do you care about the mission that we're on? So it's again, are you somebody who cares about what we're doing? Um, when the last thing that we talk about is money, um, or the last thing we talk about are the benefits and things like that, that stands out to me because it's, you know, that means that 99% of the conversation is on like what we're trying to do here and that our work is important. Um, and if you're not in for that, then this isn't going to work long-term. We've hired plenty of people that were like, how much is it pay? Cool. And really nice people. You know, they show up, we went for it, but are they going to stay with us long term? Probably not. And, um, you know, to bring it back to food, you know, we're not making pasta um, here. We're, you know, we're really trying to impact students, kids and, and adults as well. So it's like eventually uh, it's going to show that like you're not officially really want to be part of it. And that's OK. We just need to know now. So, yeah. Can you laugh at yourself and are you down for what we're doing? You got to be a ride or die. I love that. Well, I'm sure, yeah. well, right before this podcast started, JD had this like <laughs> gift bag sent over, which we'll get to after. I want to talk about my favorite thing that you do that mm -hmm. I'm like literally obsessed with is word of the day. And JD does this thing um, where he said, everybody will go. I will put your Instagram so people can go and see this, but he goes students you. of the earth. And then he does this word of the day. And then he goes, you don't have to listen to me, but you got to listen to yourself. 
So I would love to know, because I think sometimes advice is a form of nostalgia, even things that we like wish we would have listened to ourselves. Or I know like some videos that I have made, I'm like, this is what I need to hear right now. So I'm just going to make it. That resonates with me. Yeah. So do you have a hard, when you say like, you don't got to listen to me, you got to listen to yourself. Do you have a hard time listening to yourself? Or like, what would you tell to somebody who is like having a hard time taking their own advice? So... Yeah, to speak about that, uh, I'll speak a little bit about word of the day. It's uh, that literally was a form of therapy for myself um, and a way for me to get some of that, the things that I was questioning, having trouble with out. Um, And I think that last line of you don't have to listen to me, but you have to listen to yourself is like, at least to let, you know, whoever's watching, I'm grateful that you watch, by the way. I never know, like, if people are watching it or, you know. They're all saved. I save them. I share them. <laughs> I screenshot them. Thank you. It means a lot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you don't have to listen to me. You don't have to listen. Uh, you got to listen to yourself. It really comes from, like, a place of letting everyone know that, like, yeah, it's hard for me to, like, act like I know more or because I don't at all. I'm learning every day. So I'm listening. I'm trying to listen to my own advice. And, uh you know, what I'm saying might not be something that resonates with you. So you don't have to listen to this. Uh, however, for me personally, um, I know I'm going to listen to it because it's what I need to hear in the moment. And the best part of our word of the day is like, you know, we never came up with a schedule for it or saying, you know, oh, that's a good week to do this word, a good week to do that word. It, you know, when I first started it in Hawaii, it was just like, what am I feeling right now? What am I thinking about? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go do a word of the day on this because it came up. So um do you remember your first uh, word of the day that you did that's a great question uh, I think it was um ignite Ooh. um and the reason was I knew that I needed lead you I had to shut down lead you I was in Hawaii during the pandemic I know you feel sorry for me I and I was uh I was teaching third grade and I missed doing lead you so much um that I knew I needed a project and something that would help me um, and I remember my buddy, Justin, and of course, our director of operations, Kelly, we would have these weekly meetings and they were like, you just got to just start something, like just start doing something. The word ignite came up. And so, uh, ignite just meaning like, you know, you gotta, you gotta start the engine. So whatever this word of the day thing is, I don't know who's going to see it, but like, I need to start it for myself. So ignite was the first word. And, uh, yeah, I know to your question about taking your own advice, it's like, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. Do you ever feel this way? Like sometimes uh, it maybe was like imposter syndrome or I'll feel a little bit like a fraud um, when I'm in an assembly or workshop and I'm speaking passionately about something and genuinely, but I know in my heart that like, yeah, man, like you got to listen to that too, because you're, you know, you're telling students to do that, but like, you're not really being an effective communicator either. And like, you're not really doing your best to be kind to those around you all the time either you know and it's like sometimes I feel that way to be honest with you so I try to level it out does that resonate with you I joke all the time and say coaches don't play like I give the best (laughs) advice with so many things and then I'm like right but not not myself included you know like I think and to your point too I think that's why sometimes like I get really into like or get very passionate about certain things because it's something maybe I'm personally struggling with and like I need to hear and I'm just not hearing it from other people. So I'm like, okay, like if I was to go back and like be a friend to myself right now, what would I want somebody to tell me and like keep it real? So I think that is, it's always hard. I think it's always hardest to, 
you know, like listen to your own advice that you're giving to others and just being kind to yourself when you're so kind to everybody else. Like it's like almost this cognitive dissonance where it's like, yeah, of course I'd be the first person to help somebody or do this or be kind or whatever. And then I think imposter syndrome plays a role in it. And then I think, I don't know. I I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with that they probably just don't talk about a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Filling up other people's cups, uh, not your own kind of thing. Right. And that's a tough one. Yeah. And that's something that I, yeah, constantly am working through. Right. So, yeah. cause, uh, cause it's, you, you get so much out of filling other people's cups. So, like that is so, but, uh, at some point it becomes who you are. Ooh. Um, and that's, that can't be healthy. Uh, Recovering the people doctor. pleaser over here is a tough yeah. one for sure. So really, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tough one, but you know, life is a series of problems we get better at solving as they say. Hmm, I like that one. So, I don't know who they are, but I like that one. They, I don't know, probably like a parent that I didn't listen to growing up and then, you know, how that goes. I, okay. So I want to go through this little bit. Oh, yeah. And then I okay. want to do um, some fun rapid fire questions. Cool. So All should right. I just so, like, should I just like. So this is, um, this is something um, that I think when I was in Hawaii, I threw your way. All right. So. I sent you a bag of random items uh, and you asked about, uh, not yet. Uh, You're so, you see the Oreos. So like, you're just stoked. I can tell. (laughs) I'm like, what else is in there? uh, You asked about the hiring process and, you know, surrounding yourself with like-minded people. So this is one of the things we do uh, during an interview or just when you're getting to know somebody. We call this like leadership. um, And this is how like leadership works. In that bag are a bunch of random items that Miguel from Uber Eats, shout out Miguel, has brought to your doorstep. And uh, I need you to reach in, grab an item, and then you have to explain to me what that item has to do with leadership. How is that item like leadership? All right, so. I'm going to throw I'm putting, really nervous. I know. Yeah, this is part of the process, though. Remember, this is part of the experiential learning thing. Um that we always like to like make sell sure me, that we sell are me this pen, so, but the lead you a version. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. sell me this pen. Okay. So I'm going to just start randomly picking out an item. So Pick an item. item. Go for it. And I'll do one with you if you like, because I kind of forget what was even on that list. Miguel picked a couple extras. Okay. So I'm going to start with the Oreos because it kind of sounds like my last name. All right. Awesome. So how are those double stuffed Oreos like leadership? How are they like leadership? Well, sometimes in life, you know, we have things that seem like they don't always mesh well together, you know, and there's an opportunity to deconstruct something and make it better. So like the double stuff, for example, you know, you could take it apart and either eat it individually or you can stuff it back together and make more layers. And sometimes we have to be individual when we're solving problems. And sometimes we have to be a team when we're solving problems. How about that? Let's snap it out. That was great. Awesome. And I want, all right. So, yeah, let me do one. Pick one out. Pick one random out so you're not alone in this. I feel bad. I can't. I'll throw off. Okay. Okay. Ooh, gushers. Gushers. What were gushers? Gushers are, let me see those again. That's, it's like a fruit filled. uh, Yeah. I remember Miguel told me that they didn't have roll ups, uh, fruit roll ups. So they got gushers instead. All right. So it's like a fruit filled snack. I'm nervous. Okay. Um, Gushers. So gushers are like leadership because they come in all different flavors and a diverse amount of colors and an assortment of variety. They also, uh, sometimes leaders 
can have a hard exterior. Um, and it's up to us, especially when it comes to your team, to recognize that you have to do what you can to try to slowly open up that shell and that hard exterior and find that good stuff that's on the inside. Because on the inside, we are all ooey gooey and just full of love and compassion and empathy. And it's really hard to find that, but you can by opening up that gusher. That's what I got for you, gusher. <laughs> Open up your gushers, kids, all right? That's what we're all learning today. Let's, where can I be more of a gusher in my life? Uh, so, so Brie, I want, um, again, and I would love to go through the whole bag with you, but um, what I'd like you to notice, obviously, right now, and this is kind of, this is why we do what we do, is like, all right, our energy, like we went from podcast interviewing mode, which is great, and then we shared, and then there's a little bit of friendship there. But like your energy talking about Oreos double stuffed and me talking about Gushers, it's already changed, right? And it's like, it already, we've already broken through that shell and there's already a level of silliness and playfulness that's happening between us, even on this podcast. So when you set the table for this type of experience for students or adults and adults need it even more, um, I really think it helps you open up those around you and find like that leader or that person. Does that make sense? I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, this is, a, so. this is a great. Um, I mean, <laughs> I will like just absolutely throw up if I have to do this whole thing. You don't have to, yeah, sure. yeah, you're good. No, I just said it. you're good with the Oreos. I don't know if the rest is all food items. Let's see what's all in there. Maybe yeah. your audience um, can at least think how is salsa like leadership? Hmm, interesting. Oh. You know what? what you know why I think this one's how this is like leadership. Actually, ah, I think I can yeah. do this one because I think <laughs> when you're being a leader, you have to wear a lot of different hats. And so like, there's all different kinds of salsa. Some people are spicy. Some people are mild. Some, you know, have extra jalapenos. Some don't, but you got to like kind of meet them where they are and like use a different chip sometimes and just be like, great, you're chunky salsa. And I love that for you. Don't be anybody else, but this is how I'm going to address that with you how was that <laughs> amazing see that's how, <laughs> that was really good is that good okay. that was really good yeah there's I also um twizzlers twizzlers oh, and bubbles bubbles uh, how is bubbles like leadership um i would love to hear that and i would love to hear how bubbles are like leadership and then we can yeah then we're all okay so bubbles are like leadership um because you have, all right, so inside the bubble case, if you can hold that up, it's been a while since I've played with bubbles. Um, Never so inside, child. Uh, inside, the, inside the bubble kit that you get in that bottle, you have two components, right? You have the bubble liquid, mm -hmm. and then you have the wand. Mm -hmm. um, leaders, you might think, <laughs> have to always be the wand, right? Because the wand implies that you are in charge and the wand implies that you're doing all the work and making the magic happen. However, I would argue that the bubbles are like leadership because sometimes you have to be the bubble liquid and you have to let others lead and you have to see what they create, which not for nothing is exactly where I am right now with lead you as we added a second crew and I'm starting to see others take the program and make their own bubbles and creations out of it. So sometimes you don't have to be the wand. You just have to be the bubble. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Has that been difficult for you though? Since it's like, that's your baby. And yep. now you're like, oh my God, all you little beautiful bubbles are like going on without me. So uh, I'm happy you brought that up because it's very uh, recent, like that this is happening. So we've added a second crew. We brought on uh, my good friend and lead you 
old head, if you will, uh, Natalie Hayes, who was a teacher in Asbury Park, and she's going to be helping out to run the second crew, as well as uh, SPTS side of the house and their mission as well. So the reason it's very close to me now is uh, I was in England for the last seven weeks running Lead You Out There, and I got to see Country Mike, and I got to see Kelly, and I got to see Natalie and Mia and gosh, everybody, Nina, all, all my, my people. So I got to see them take the program and do their own thing with it. And for so long, I had a lot of trouble missing an assembly. I would think it wouldn't be as good without me. It's ego, right? And my, my ego would just take over and I would think, man, like it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be on that. And what I'm noticing is it's actually going to be 10 times better because of different voices, different perspectives and different mindsets and different energy. And it's really rewarding. And I, if you asked me this question eight weeks ago, I think I would have said, yeah, it's tough. And then left it at that, but I'm starting to slowly see the beauty in it. Um, and I think I'm getting better at watching it grow. And I'm just so proud of our team and, and where they're taking the program. So uh, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. I love that. Well, that's yeah. a great segue into some of our rapid fire questions, uh -oh. rapid fire-ish questions. Oh, and go. then you can tell everybody where they can follow you, how they can like get an assembly with you, get you guys to come work with you. So let's do great. some fun rapid fires. All right. I'm okay. ready. Um, well, actually, since we just talked about being a leader, I, I like to always ask this question. If somebody was to describe you, right, and be like, JD is a great leader because he is X, Y, Z, what are three adjectives that you hope somebody who knows you would like describe you as? Passionate, genuine, high energy. Love that. Love that for you. Just like a real life Labrador. <laughs> love it. Thank you. I think, yeah. Yeah, no, it's thank a good one. Yeah. I mean, that's like okay, America's well. favorite dog. So okay. obviously right, cool, yeah. you're a fan favorite. <laughs> We love you over here, you know? I love it. Okay. Um, you did live in Hawaii for quite some time. So what is one thing from the Hawaii life that you either miss or wish that you could bring back to your New Jersey life? My favorite thing about Hawaii uh, was the people, the way they approach life um, and their pace towards life, mm. uh, which I wish I could have brought back with me, but I found myself moving quicker and back into the uh, rat race of source. So the people, and then the other, my all time favorite thing is the ocean and the, their way of life and the way of life out there um, really revolves around the ocean where the waves are and what's happening and so much more in tune with nature. And I can bring that back to Jersey surfboard here, but like um, I'm having, it's been more difficult for me. So that's one of my um, goals and focuses for this fall is to be in the ocean more because I found myself being uh, just a happier human when I was. I love that. Is there a metaphor that like nature or the ocean like has taught you that's really resonated with you? Like, you know, um, every like high tide in your life, there has to be high tides and low tides. Is there anything that, Ooh. you know? Um, I'm going to go with the ride the wave. Um, yeah, ride the wave, which is the classic. So yeah, you got to ride the wave, which I feel like I've been trying to do. I love that. Okay. Um, is there a morning or nighttime non-negotiable that you have like as a part of your JD routine, something that you like have to do either in the morning or night or both? Running. 
running? Uh, I have to run every day. I don't know if that came from the military or what, but when I don't run, uh, I can be very irritable <laughs> to say the least. Um, and lately, uh, yoga, um, I'm pretty good about almost every day, uh, but at least six times a week, I got to get to yoga at some point. Okay. I love that. Favorite yoga yeah. pose? Uh, the one I can't <laughs> do. Asana on the ground, yeah. star fishing on the ground. Yeah. Um, favorite yoga pose. Um, what is the, I love tree actually. Cause I feel like I'm pretty, I, I can do tree and standing up and yeah. So I'm, I'm big with tree and I like the studio that I was going to in uh, London had a very low ceiling. So I could cheat with tree and I would hold on to the ceiling a little bit, which was nice. I'm sorry. I know this is rapid fire, but keep going. <laughs> no, no, they're rapid fire ish. So. Okay, cool. Like okay. Um, so when you are actually in the waves of life, right. Yes. What is something that you do to help bring back stillness into your life that maybe you've acquired in your more wise years or your older age now that maybe you didn't appreciate as much when you were younger? point i think the truth is that i haven't gotten there yet um if i'm being honest with you yeah i don't think i think i still live in the waves too much so mm -hmm. uh even running in yoga which uh, to my non-negotiables um you know is that the fact that it's so scheduled and i have to do it uh sometimes makes me wonder if i'm actually appreciating the stillness, uh, through those activities. So I don't think I've gotten there yet. Um, I'm still splashing around and I, I have to work on that. Still just swimming around. And sometimes you got to just float and let the waves take you where they're going to take you. Yeah. Yeah. Floating. Have you ever done a float tank? I have. Have you ever done a float tank? Can we talk about them real quick? <laughs> yeah. Did you like, what was your experience with the float tank? Did you like it? Would you do it again? I wish they were, I loved it. Um, I've gone a couple times now. Um, I wish the tanks were bigger. Yeah, you're like what, uh, six three? Six six. Six six. Okay. <laughs> so I wish they were bigger because I'm doing like the, <laughs> the banana pose in there. However, um, those have been I really enjoy and I've been trying to get my crew and my friends to go as well. Uh I'm in. I'm in on those. I do an argument for them would be though, you can do it anywhere. Um, so that's the argument for them. Like yeah, I used to do that in Hawaii. I'd lay in the ocean a little bit and look up and stuff like that. But uh, where are you at with float tanks? I used to do them when I lived in California because they were like Starbucks there. I mean, there was like a float tank oh, really? every five feet, you know? Okay. Um, I didn't know that. I feel like they're so new or they've yeah. been around a while. Yeah. No, they were. I mean, in Cal I feel like California is always like ahead of the curve with all that kind of stuff. You know, yeah, like, all, like all that stuff was around there. So yeah. I liked it for about like 20 minutes. And then I was like, I can't, I, well, it's interesting. Cause I think back then I was going through a lot of stuff like personally, and like, I could not be with my own thoughts, like for that long, you know, I'm the same way. Like, I think I do a lot of things that are a positive distraction that I think are helpful, but sometimes it's like, you know, running away from yourself, but wherever you go, there you are. And when you're in a, flan a float tank, you're like, here I am. And you're like, oh, I, am. I don't want to, I don't want to be here for longer than 20 minutes. So right. I think now I kind of joke and say like my version of that is like starfishing on the ground. Like I love to do that. Like I'll just like lay on the ground and like <laughs> think about life or yeah. whatever. So that's kind of my like non-water float tank. But yeah, I think just Got floating it. in the sea is, you know, helpful as well. That's the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
Um, oh, this is one of my favorite questions to ask people. I ask this okay. to like everybody in my my like life. So, uh, what's because I'm a um, I'm a slow learner and I am a hard learner. But once I learn the lesson, like I got it. But it just takes me a really long time to get there. So, okay. what is a lesson that took you the longest to learn, but had the biggest ripple effect in your life? Maybe it was something that consistently kept popping up for you, like a test from the universe or a lesson. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. And I'm going to keep failing this test like seven more times. But when I pass it, I'm going to get that. What is a test? Took you the longest to learn, but had a really profound impact later in your life. You're like, yeah, man, I'm really glad I went through that and like through it a few times because now I understand like this had to happen because now I apply this XYZ theory to my life or I'm different in this way or it's been transformative in some way. Yeah, I think um, what comes up for me uh, or has come up for me over the years I'd say is the test of ego. Mm. Um, and I think the, what I mean by that, whether it was in the military or as a teacher uh, or any of my, you know, artistic things I would try to do. Um, I feel like ego came up a lot and um, maybe losing it, you know, losing myself in that. And, thinking I was, um, you know, bigger than I, I was. And I feel like the universe consistently brought that up when, you know, when you're deployed overseas, you realize how small you are. Um, when, when you're, you're, when you're teaching a classroom and you have 25 third graders running around, yeah, you realize that it's not about you. It's about their experience. And then, you know, for me, even when I was in Hawaii and, uh, you know, you're in the ocean, you realize just, that you are part of this bigger thing and it is not all about you. Um, and, you know, I think ego is the, the test that I've been consistently uh, battling. Uh, and I really feel confident in saying, you know, today that I have, I think I've learned that lesson. Um, and I do see, that when you try your best to remove the ego or just at least be mindful of it, you start to see the ripples um, and you start to see the responses from those around you. And you realize that in not making it about you, it's way more fulfilling than when you were trying to make everything about you. I love that. Your ego is not always your amigo. As they Ooh, say. what? That's a good one. It's a good one, right? So yeah. is there something that you would say to your younger self or somebody who's listening to, like, I also struggled with ego stuff too. Like, is there something you would say that like, okay, this is how I deal with my ego when it, cause I think it, it's a, it's a relationship you have for the rest of your life where they like pop up and mm -hmm. you're like, okay, let's, let's not do this today. You know, is there something you would say to your younger self to dealing with ego stuff that still pops up from time to time? Um, Hi, welcome to yeah. therapy with Brianna. I'm loving it. Yeah, no, I need this. You're like my seventh therapist. I um, <laughs> so yeah, I I feel like say the question one more time. 
So if somebody's like, yeah, I, I'm finally understanding what this idea of an ego means. I understand that it's something that's true. I, I kind of equate it to like, it's a, a friend that you have that you don't really like, you know? So like I tell people like they should name their ego. It's like somebody who annoyed you growing up and you'd be like, oh, there's, you know, Annabelle again, just saying just this rubbish stuff that's like not true and just trying to bring me down or whatever. And like, yeah. just like letting it have a temper tantrum like a kid would do and moving on, right? Like that's how I've learned to deal with my ego when I have these thoughts that come up or narratives that don't serve me and like are not based in truth. So is there like anything that you think has really helped you like deal with ego stuff that still pops up or someone came to you and was like, JD, I heard your podcast and it was great. And I too struggle with ego stuff. Like what can I do to start dealing with this? Uh, Those, I think there's like just such great outlets for it, whether it's journaling, um, whether the way I've dealt with ego too is like through through like filmmaking or things like that, where I've tried to um, take themes and things like that. So put put that negativity of ego into something creative um, would be one thing, or find creative solutions to your ego. Um, and by that, I, I mean, obviously, whether that's sound bowl healing or yoga or things that I try to do, um, but getting creative with your ego, I guess, would be the overall thing. Because yeah, it's tough. It's like, especially my younger self, it was like, there's a, there's a British uh, band called the streets. And the line is, uh, when we first met, we first met through a shared view, you loved me and I did too. I, I think about that line again, a lot, because it's just like, you know, I was so focused on myself and like loving myself and you should of course love yourself but it gets to a point where your ego takes over so you have to get creative with the way you deal with it i love that yeah it's a good line right it's a really good line. <laughs> i want to know the full song of that i'm a big lyrics girl like why i love john mayer so like lyrics for me is what helps me get through things where i'm like i need to emotionally cut today and then listen to some hood rat things later but like a combination nice. of both always helps me I love that. <laughs> okay. Two more questions and then therapy sure. will be done. I promise. And All then right, you can tell good. everybody how they can follow you. Okay. Awesome. So one piece of um, career advice you would give to your younger self or to younger listeners listening. Surround yourself with uh, people who believe in what you're doing. Um, it's so hard to build a team and finding those people uh, really makes it real. And I've been very fortunate from uh, my old math teacher, Joan Freklos, uh, who did my finances uh, and lead use finances for years. Like I, you know, I found her and she straightened the ship for me. Such an amazing woman to Kelly Colson, my director of operations slash next door neighbor growing up, who's <laughs> an amazing human and everybody else is part of uh, my team. I've just gotten very, I'm not even going to say I've gotten very lucky because I put a lot of energy into making sure I was bringing the right people on uh, the mission with me. So that's definitely a big piece of advice is spend a lot of time trying your best to surround yourself with people who believe in you. And maybe they're not day to day. Maybe you just check in with them monthly, my buddy Justin or whatever it might be, but like you have to find those people. I love that. Yes. Attracting your tribe into it. Yeah, I feel like I say these really long things and then like you have like the perfect way of like 
summarizing it like bam right like that You're like, yeah uh, my mom it? calls you them get... breeisms but i'm actually yeah. into the opposite <laughs> is why i like to get advice to my brother because i will go on this uh, like, really? dissertation thesis of like what i have going on in my head and my brother will say like one sentence and i'm like right. yeah yeah no that's what i meant so that's what yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> i'm like in conclusion that's what i meant yeah exactly it's perfect though <sighs> okay I love it okay so this is the last question okay okay since I'm obsessed with your word of the day, what is a word of the day that you would like to leave listeners with today? Uh, um, Maybe a word that's been like you've been kicking around this week or like you've been wrestling with or a word today that maybe it's kind of been thematic recently for you. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to go with. Uh, process Process. um and so students of the earth um today's word of the day is process (laughs) uh the word process can apply to a lot of different things it can apply to uh the process of making food it can apply to the process of uh creating a new uh company process means a lot of different things to different people i would say uh, in my experience today, I like to focus on your own growth and what that process looks like. So always be mindful that life is a process. And I'm sure you've heard it a thousand times and, of course, seen the T-shirt, but you got to trust the process, believe in the process. And um, at the end of the day, it's up to you to enjoy the process as well. And always remember, Brian. You don't have to listen to me, but you gotta listen, listen to yourself. yourself. <laughs> that was pretty good on the spot. I love huh? that. Oh my <laughs> god, that was amazing. That was like, ooh, chills. I love nice. it. I love it. I love it. No, so, thank you for where can me. people um like follow, lead you, sure. follow you, all the the, and this will all be in show notes too. But just like let the people know. Great, awesome. Yeah, so uh, follow, lead you on Instagram at lead underscore you. Look for the whale. We always say uh, lead you. Also. Um, Our partners at SPTS who acquired Lead You, they are uh, amazing humans. Society for Prevention of Teen Suicide. Look for SPTS uh, as well on Instagram, Facebook, and all that. And you can learn more how to be a part of Lead You uh, or to book us. uh, Or uh, if you ever just want to get a cup of coffee and talk about how we can help impact the lives of those around us, uh, hit us up. So I'd really appreciate it. That's all I got. Yeah, I'm sure I missed some things. Yeah, there's a website. You can put all that in the I'll notes. Put all that in there. <laughs> Thank you for your wisdom and your kindness and your knowledge and for your time mostly today oh. for being on the podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoy your Oreo Tostito salsa Twizzler gusher sandwich that you're going to have right now. And the bubbles. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Though.